little story here, um, why God made moms. Uh, they, these are actual answers that were given by second grade school children to the following questions. Can you hear me okay? The mic what? Want me to tilt the mic? Down? Up? Not up? Down? Better? <laughs> <laughs> is this better? Okay. The first question. Why did God make mothers? Well, one answer was, she's the only one who knows where the scotch tape is. <laughs> Another little one says mostly to clean the house. This one I really like to help us out of there when we were being born. <laughs> I love that one. Why did God give you your mother and not some other mom? We're related. God knew she likes me a lot more than the other people's moms like me. Oh, I like this one. What did mom need to know about dad before she married him? His last name. <laughs> she had to know his background, like is he a crook? Does he get drunk on beer? Does he make at least $800 a year? Did he say no to drugs and yes to chores? <laughs> these, these little guys, I mean, they're thinking here. This one says, what would it take to make your mom perfect? On the inside, she's already perfect. Outside, I think some kind of plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Diet. You know her hair. I diet. Maybe blue. <laughs> and finally, if you could change one thing about your mom, what would it be? She has this weird thing about me keeping my room clean. I'd get rid of that. I'd make my mom smarter. Then she would know it was my sister who did it, not me. <laughs> the last one is... I would like her to get rid of those invisible eyes on the back of her head. <laughs> Don't you love it? Those, those are actual answers. I'm telling you, kids, kids are great. Well, we have a wonderful study coming up. I mean, just absolutely marvelous. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I have a, a very uplifting little book, and it's by Dr. Warren Wiersbe, called B joyful. He has written a number of books with the BE theme. The Be Joyful is a study of Paul's letter to the Philippians. In a chapter he calls the Joy Stealers, he says, Jesus Christ was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Yet he possessed a deep joy that was beyond anything the world could offer. As he faced the cruel death of Calvary, Jesus said to his followers, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. That's John 15, 11. 
Those who have trusted Christ have the privilege of experiencing fullness of joy, Psalm 1611. Yet few Christians take advantage of this privilege. They live under a cloud of disappointment when they could be walking in the sunshine of joy. What has robbed them of this joy? The answer to that important question is found in a letter written centuries ago. It was written by the Apostle Paul when he was a prisoner in Rome about AD 62. Acts 16, 6 through 40 describes how Paul founded the church in Philippi, which was a Roman province of Macedonia, which was in Europe. Paul wanted to go to Asia and several other places, but the Holy Spirit did not allow him to do that. Paul was led by the Holy Spirit to Macedonia and to Philippi. Philippi was a leading city of the district of Macedonia, as the scripture says. He was there for some days and on the Sabbath went to the river, river supposing that that's where there would be a place of prayer. <clears throat> Women were gathered by the river praying. At that time and even now, there must be at least 10 Jewish men, heads of households, to form a synagogue. It's called a minion, which means minimum. So there were few Jewish families in the area. One question in our study will ask about the history of the church from this section of Acts. You'll meet Lydia, a rich merchant, a seller of purple. You'll meet a slave girl with a spirit of divination, her masters who managed to have Paul and Silas illegally imprisoned. That's one of my favorite stories. The jailer who became a believer and the miracle God performed to release Paul and Silas from jail. Paul was very close to these brethren. He loved them very much. The Philippians had supported Paul in the past, but somehow had lost track of him. When they heard he was imprisoned in Rome, they sent another generous gift to him along with Epaphrodites to minister to his needs. Unfortunately, Epaphrodites became ill, very ill, and Paul sent him back to the Philippians with this letter he had written to them. The major theme of this book is pursuing Christ-likeness as the most defining element of spiritual growth and the one position of Paul in his own life, in spite of his imprisonment, the dominant tone of the letter is joyful. <clears throat> in the four chapters of this letter, Paul mentions joy, rejoicing, or gladness at least 19 times. Considering his suffering, which he describes in 2 Corinthians 11, where he is defending himself against false teachers in the church, can we say that joy in our circumstances is impossible? See if you can top this in your circumstances. In 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 29, Paul says about the false teachers, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I more so in far more labors, 
and far more imprisonments, beaten many times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A day and a night I have spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, dangerous from robbers, dangerous from my countrymen, dangerous from the Gentiles, dangerous in the city, dangerous in the wilderness, dangerous on the sea, dangerous among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all of the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? In addition to all this, 2 Corinthians 12.7 tells us that the Lord gave him a thorn in the flesh which tormented him and that God would not remove. And through it all, Paul kept his focus on our Lord Jesus Christ and his joy was full. This joy is available to all of us who know Christ. There is a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is based on happenstance, circumstances which make us happy. But joy is based on our relationship with Jesus regardless of what happens because nothing separates us from him. First, we must make sure we are Christians. When we give our lives to Christ and accept him as our personal savior, we no longer belong to this world. We belong to him. We have been set apart for his glory. Without Christ, there is no joy. Certain things can rob us of our joy if we allow it. Suffering, for instance. But if we think about and focus on how God is using our suffering for his glory, that will give us joy. Our self-centeredness robs us of our joy. But if we serve others, that will give us joy. Worry robs us of our joy. Chapter 4, verse 6 tells us to be anxious for nothing. Don't dwell on circumstances. Dwell on the Lord. That gives us joy. Our thinking and our attitudes determine how we feel. Proverbs 23.7 For as he thinks within himself, so he is. Romans 12.2 And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul is teaching us exciting and practical lessons in this little book of Philippians. We need to put those lessons to practical use in our lives daily. The last chapter in Dr. Wearsby's book is entitled, Putting Philippians to Work. He says, now that you have completed your study of this exciting and practical letter, don't lose what you've learned. The best thing about Bible study isn't the learning, but the living. I really like that. <coughs> Freedom. 
We have freedom in Christ. We are not bound by legalism. We do not have to follow Jewish tradition to be saved. We do not have to be baptized to be saved. We do not have to do good works to be saved. We can wear lipstick and eye makeup and pants if we want to. Imagine that. And jewelry. We can see movies and we can even dance. The only thing we need to be saved is accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and trusting him and in him alone for our salvation. In his little book, Be Free, a study of Galatians, Dr. Wearsby says, millions of believers think they are spiritual because of what they do or they don't do or because of the leader they follow or because of the group they belong to. The Lord shows us in Galatians how wrong we are and how right we can be if only we would let the Holy Spirit take over. When the Holy Spirit does take over, there will be liberty, not bondage, cooperation, not competition, glory to God, not praise to man. The world will see true Christianity and sinners will come to know the Savior. There's an old fashioned word for this, Revival. Dr. Wearsby says good stuff. After Philippians, we are studying Paul's letter to the Galatian churches. On his first missionary journey to the region of Galatia, now modern Turkey, Paul founded four churches in four cities. Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. Read Acts 13 and 14 to learn how that happened. 